And I am with Mission to North America. It's a mission brand of the PCA. So I was sent to the border with my family. My wife, Leticia, is there. And one of our sons is Marcos, is here. And I am glad to be here. It's a blessing to me. So if you don't understand anything, just pray <laughs> that I receive a special blessing to preach in English and Spanish and Maya and any other language. However, I will try my best. You see, what you are going to hear is my best. There is nothing else. It's, a, it's not broken English. It's broken Spanglish. So you can imagine that. Uh, we work in Juarez at the San Pablo Seminary. And we have 12 of 13 students there. And our good friend, Dr. Kuiper, is helping us a lot, more than what he uh, likes to acknowledge. He is very important to us. He uh, teaches many subjects, theology, but Greek, that as, as you know, is Greek to me. If English is hard, Greek is harder. Well, and also, uh, with this responsibility in Juarez, you can imagine training pastors at the border in a very small seminary with no facilities, a church allows us to, to teach there. But we need your prayers, your support, and I thank you to everyone who has been praying for us. I don't think that you remember me every day. I know for as a fact. However, please remember the church in Mexico and the San Pablo Seminary, St. Paul Seminary. Besides that, we have a small congregation that is Cristo Rey. Cristo Rey, that means Christ the King, is uh, supervised by Christ the King PCA Church in West El Paso. So please pray for us. We suspended our activities today in order to be here with you. So, please pray for this ministry. It's for, for Hispanics who prefer Spanish, prefer to worship in Spanish. So, you can imagine that as you, when you're in trouble, even if you know German or Italian, if you're an American, when you pray, or you say, God, help me, it doesn't matter. It's, you're going to say it in English. It comes from your heart. So if you see some people coming, you will say uh, that it's going to attack you. You say, God help us. And I, I will say, Dios mío, ayúdanos. <laughs> I will say that my prayer in Spanish. Well, please consider supporting our ministry. Uh, we are with Mission to North America and our support comes through them and the churches uh, contribute to that ministry. So please pray for us at our ministry and if the Lord leads you to help us uh, 
look for Mission to North America and Aaron Zapata and the ministry that we held was San Pablo Seminary and we are going to appreciate that very much. Well, as you can see, I am a Mexican. Perhaps you have not noticed yet, but I am a Mexican. My accent, my color, my beautiful shape. I don't need a hat. You know, he's a Mexican. And in the US, there are many ways that you can see other kinds of people. What is the first thing that you that comes to your mind when you see a different race, a different kind of dressing? Do you think, do you ask yourself, is that person a Christian? Well, in Mexico, Mexico is beautiful, music, meals, food, uh, colors, culture, many things. However, we have many problems. Corruption, insecurity, and uh, you cannot. There's a lot in Mexico. So we are in trouble. Our politics are in trouble. Trusting the, the president or the governors, the majors, the police, and sadly, even the army is in question. However, we are in El Paso. We have no problems. Politics is beautiful. The economy was flourishing. We are much better in many senses. However, we still have big problems. Last week, I was at the Presbytery meeting, and since I am very bad in Mexican politics, I came here as a U.S. citizen, a Mexican, and I said, it's going to be easier. Oh, I am very confused. Problems. In five or six weeks, each one of us has to decide what to do. Well, our reaction in Mexico, even for Christians, Mexicans who are Christians, most of the time, they say bad things about the president, the police, the corruption. I says, why? We're in trouble. Because we as a church, we don't know what to do. So the question, the idea today, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we following the culture or are we following Christ and his word? I am very pleased 
that I saw here that every first Sunday, the first Monday, first Sunday of every month, you dedicate for prayer. But I don't know how many of you are coming to that meeting. Situation in Mexico and the U.S. Politics, socially, the moral situation is declining. It's going down. And we come here to hear the good news, the good news, the gospel. So we are going to see in this short passage. It's a beautiful story. What are we going to do? What should we do? The word of God says in Acts 12, what uh, it was well read a few moments ago. It says, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged, belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. You see, when you see the government persecuting the Christians, it's not the same uh, situation, but there are some similarities, and you have to realize that. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Well, it's trouble. And this trouble in the Bible, we see the, the church that is very young. It's in the beginnings. And we see that they are facing a lot of trouble. One, there is an adversary. Herod is trying to suppress or to kill the church. He hated the Lord, he hated the gospel, and he hated the church. And in our situation, in many areas in Mexico, persecution is real. It's not like here that is more social or perhaps moral or some laws against Christianity. But there is, they're killing people. In some areas in Chiapas, there are churches who are uh, burned, the uh, Christians persecuted. They are killing people. So, if you're a Christian, Satan hates you. So, since that was an adversary, was represented in this part as Herod and the Jews. However, they were only the human instruments. 
They were the, just the human instruments. Satan was the, uh, behind us. That is the same here. And we come here, and we have to know that there is an enemy. There is an adversary. And there are attacks. And sometimes, there is apprehension. The church did not know what the future held. You see, the Christians were there, but they didn't know. The main leaders were being executed. So, a few Christians gathered together, and they have to talk about this. They have to discuss the situation. What are we, you going to do? Have you held in mind what you're going to decide in a few weeks? Are you clear in what is what the Lord wants you to do? Or are you saying, just I will decide this and I will refrain from deciding? What are you going to do? Sometimes those issues bring trouble in the churches. Some people say, oh, no, this one. Oh, this one. And then we get fighting each other. So there was apprehension. As long as Satan is allowed to live in this world, he will do everything in his power to disturb the harmony of the church. He hates our master, and he hates the gospel. He knows that if he can turn us against one another, he can shoot down our work. He knows that if he can fill us with fear over the attacks we face, he can stop us from serving the Lord. You see, I am not the best pastor. I speak the language, and I think that I have the, the ability to communicate to Hispanics. For some reason, I am not very fruitful in my, in my outreach. I try my best. I pray, I talk to people, but then our group is very small. It's a blessing to see you here. I have seen the development, the growth that you have uh, enjoyed. It's a blessing, and you have to see that, that the Lord is blessing you. Your pastor, of course, is, is lovely. I love him. He's good. He's smart. He communicates with love and justice. He's a righteous man. So, I am glad to see that many leaders are working here, supporting this work, participating and following the Lord, Lord's guidance for you. So, pray for me. So, when I talk to people, when I pray, when I teach, when I preach, I, am, I become more effective in my work. The seminary has 13 students. It's a very small. And you know the three last that came, 
are from a church that I didn't know anything about. It's Solus Christus. Solus Christus? I asked them, where are you? Well, we are come from a Pentecostal church going to reform perspective. So they are going, they want theology, and they decided, I don't know how they knew about us, but they say, you are teaching Reformed theology, we come. And then they have been uh, trying and faithful. There was apprehension, and there was a trouble time, but there was a time of prayer. This morning, I was lost. I guided my my wife and my son and we park in the other side of the entrance. I am parking there, so I say, well, where's the church? No cars. I am lost. It's 920. I am in trouble. And then what do you do? Ah phone. Okay, let's see who helps us. Well, I try to be calm. I have to preach. And I, I am nowhere. I am lost. I call Pastor Tito. Uh, he's in a meeting, perhaps. I call Jim Bowman. Uh, we call to our daughter to see if she can help us. And then I say, well, I am going to preach about prayer. What should I do? So I walked there, trying to be calm. My wife is watching me. My son is watching me. And the Lord is watching me. And a neighbor says that we're parked there. I say, wow, who's, who they are? Okay, so I pray. Oh, Lord, I don't know if I did right or wrong. But here I am, and I don't know what to do. Please help me. Suddenly, ring, Pastor Tito. And he said, you are in the right place. Just in the wrong uh, turn, and that's it. So I was grateful to the Lord. And I told my wife, you see, everything is solved. I said, like I did anything. I just I was here, but I felt lost. What is the first thing you do when you are in trouble? So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Three things here. There is a tiny word in verse 5 that makes a big difference a tiny word a big difference we are in trouble but it is a little a little conjunction but the situation was desperate but it looks like Peter is going to be put to death but it looks like the church is going to be destroyed but the church was earnestly praying 
to God for him. Well, I don't use, in English, I have problems with this word earnest. Sound like a name. But you see, it's when, when you do something with gusto, with, with passion, uh, uh, continuously, constant, fervent, you want to do something. Prayer. Oh, my prayer. Sometimes, now, some time ago, I heard that the popularity of a church is seen on Sunday morning. Okay? A church is popular. Oh, Sunday morning have a lot of people. The popularity of a pastor is seen, is seen when Sunday evening or other service. Okay? If the pastor is good, people will come. But the popularity of Christ is seen in the prayer meeting. If you want to communicate to God, to Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you come to the prayer meeting. It's hard to come. Well, we have to develop this culture of being a praying church. You see, in our perhaps that's the, that's why we don't grow. Our small group plays prays 15 minutes before the service, and you see it goes fast. But many people come after that prayer meeting. We, how are we going to do that people come to a prayer meeting? Well, it was a time, a time of prayer. Well, was fervent, was constant, was faithful. In Mexico, as you know, many people are religious. And a lot of prayers are done to saints, to patrons, and some people pray to deceased parents. Oh, daddy, help me. You know I was not good, but you see, now that you are there, please help me. You see, that is not a faithful prayer. All our prayers have to be directed to God the Father in the name of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, there are some prayers that are directed to God the Son, to Jesus Christ. And some prayers even to the Holy Spirit. But in a regular prayer, our prayers go to God the Father through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is important that we know how to pray. And that we, sometimes we mention in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
like a routine and happens to all of us. Well, we have to think in the name of Jesus. We have to think that who Christ is. As we have to do when we participate in the Holy Communion. When the bread is broken. It was a great class. And we are impressed by that class. And we invite all the adults to come to Sunday school to the teaching at 9.30. It was great. Thank you. Congratulations. So it was faithful and it was focused. The Bible says, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. For Peter. Peter was in trouble. He was one of them. And the church gathered together together to pray for Peter. And as you know, there were many responses from God. Beautiful passage that you should study by yourself. I will finish saying this. We are in trouble. As individuals, as families, as nations. But there is something that is described here. Not prescribed. It's described. It's a description. It's an account of what happened. However, there are many parts in the Bible that says you should pray. That's a prescription. It's something that is a commandment that we should pray. But here is very important because the word of God gives us some guidelines for our prayers. But it has to be with gusto. Earnest. Constant. It has to be faithful in the form how we address God. And it has to be uh, focused. Focused. And also a family prayer. We are children of God. I don't know how many of you can say God is my father. And not because you were created by, by God. But that you are a Christian and because of your faith in Christ you become a child of God. So, if you believe in Christ and you are saved, we are brothers and sisters, even with a Mexican. Can you say that you are my brother, that you are my sister? Think about that. And as we go out and we see different colors, shapes, accents, let's consider to pray for each one 
and says, Lord, we are in trouble. We need to be united. Guide us. Guide our leaders, the president, the governors, the majors. Guide our pastors. So we pray and we uh, obey you. So you can say, well, I know that I have to pray more. I know I have to read my Bible more. I was impressed by the knowledge. They were answering. They know their Bibles. How, how much Bible do you know? How much Bible you do not know yet? Do you think that you should study more the Bible? There is no ending. So sometimes we go out with this guilty fear. Oh my. Uh, I have been trying to read my Bible, but I cannot. I have to, I have, want to pray, but mm, there is no time. And that's the, the good news. The grace of God is shown in this passage. Peter is in trouble. The church is in trouble. But the answer is in, in our Lord. His grace is abundant today as always has been. Please pray for me. And I'm going to know that you are praying for me because many great things are going to happen to my life and ministry. I will be praying for you. But it's just to praise the Lord for the good things that uh, He is doing in your midst. So, if you are not a Christian, you cannot call God your Father. And today is a day of salvation. There are many people here who can share the gospel and to invite you to give your heart to the one who is willing to save you. And he will do it. May the Lord bless you. Uh, prayer? Blessing? Okay. Uh, I will invite you to, to stand, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for your many blessings. Your word is great. And we have to pay attention to the description and your love. Jesus has paid it all for us. Help us to be obedient. Help us to see your grace working.